Oh, shit, you guys. You know what time it is. Let's sing it along. Imperial Highway. I know you know the words, guys. Come on. How many times have you heard this song? Standing a wind blowing hot from the north, and we were born to ride. Ha ha. Roll down the window. Put down the top. This is it, you guys. This might be the last time we hear this song this year. Fuck, man. No more. Come on. Sing along, guys. Everybody. One last time. Not really. But maybe. But not really. From the west side to the east side. Everybody's, hell yeah, very happy. Oh, my goodness. Everyone is not, uh, I don't, <coughs> oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> Live radio, uh, or not radio, but you get it. Um, you guys, everyone uh, Everyone is usually very happy, but uh, this, is, this doesn't, it doesn't get more stressful than it is right now. Uh, we've got it, guys. Welcome back. To my blue thoughts, this is my Dodger podcast. This is episode uh, 3.23 or 2.4, I think, this season. Um, I'll have to double check on that. But it's crazy because it's like, it's crazy how many episodes I've done so far. Like, completely. You know, if you go back, this is the third season I've been doing this as a podcast. This is the fifth season, I believe, that I've been, I started, it started as a video log hashtag or aka vlog and uh then i decided that i had more to say because the thing about when you make a vlog a video log is that uh you know people's attention span tends to like wander so like you can't really do videos that are too long so you know most of the vlogs were like 10 minutes or so and that's a long time to keep people's attention span on youtube um, so, and, and obviously on top of that, I was like, I got more to say than just 10 minutes worth. So I decided to do it into a podcast and, uh, this is the third season. So, uh, thank you. First of all, thank you everybody that listens. I know, um, you know, it is what it is, man. It's a podcast. Um, uh, hopefully, not hopefully next year, I'm going to have some even, if you go back and listen to like the first season or <laughs> I didn't even have any equipment. And then listen to it last season and this season. You know, it's gotten progressively better. Um, like I, I mentioned last week, I don't record this podcast in a professional studio like I do my other podcast, uh, The Camera Adds 10 Pounds, which is uh, not baseball related at all. Um, so that one, the quality of that one is much better because I have an engineer and whatnot. But this is just me, you know. And uh, like I said, thank you everybody that's listened to an episode, that's shared an episode. It all comes down to today, man. I'm sitting here. I'm very eagerly anticipating uh, going to Game 5. I didn't want to go, you guys. If you heard my podcast before the NLDS started, I was like, ugh, I'm going to be on the road, which I was. You know, I was watching the games. Luckily, uh, I was in Minnesota, so there's a time difference. So I was able to not really miss any of the game. I missed, like, maybe 10 minutes of uh, Game 1 and 2, I believe. And then I got to just do my, uh, my stuff. Uh, you know, I did my set, you know, and then I got to watch the game because there's they have TVs, they have a bar at the comedy club that I performed at all weekend, so I didn't miss any of the game, which was great. Um, but you know what? I'll tell you what. It is weird um, when I go on the road. I was only I was in the Central Time Zone, so they're two hours ahead, and it's weird like when you're sitting there and you're watching a baseball game that's like in real time, 
and it started, you know, it ended like at 1130, close to midnight, and you're like, geez, like, how do people, I, I get, I get now why, like, a lot of times you hear about that quote-unquote East Coast bias, that's because it's like, dude, by the time, this is like, you know, the playoff game started at like 5.30, 6 o'clock, so it's not super late on the East Coast when they start, you know, 8.30, 9, for the most part, and yeah, like, but if they start at 9, on the East Coast, that's 6 o'clock here, that means it's not going to end till like midnight, 12.30, 1, yeah, I'd go to sleep too, you know, if I didn't have such a vested interest in this Dodgers team, I'd be asleep already. I'm not going to be, but so it was weird, like seeing the end of the end. Thinking about it too is like I know you know here in LA we get mad because like you know if there's a home game, even there's an away game, but like especially if there's a home game, it's like oh we got to go to a, a playoff game at 5:30 in LA traffic. Like come on, dude, that's fucked up. You know LA traffic is bad enough. Traffic in a Dodger stadium is bad enough, and now we gotta you know battle that and so whatever. But now I kind of get it when I'm like on the road for these for some of these games. So. Um, the scenario that I didn't want uh, has occurred, you know, the way my schedule mapped out with my with my road gigs and stuff, it was uh, it was going to be, I wasn't going to be able to go to any home Dodger playoff games. I wasn't going to be able to go to any Dodger home playoff games unless, uh, you know, I mean, and obviously if they make the World Series, I'll be home for all those games. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go to all of them. Um, although I might, I don't know. I had a big audition that would a couple of days ago that would totally pay for uh, multiple World Series game tickets, but I haven't received words yet, so I don't know. But if it goes down and that doesn't happen, I will not be able to go to all the World Series games. I'll probably just be able to afford to go to one, uh, like the last couple years. So, you know, I was worried that I, I was not going to get to see. I mean, I'm confident the Dodgers are going to win. But it doesn't make it any less stressful to have to be there in person watching a game five, uh, a winner take all game. You know, it's I, I, I remember, uh, you know, I've been to Dodgers. I've been to playoff games where they're facing elimination and, you know, they've won a couple of those and they've lost a couple of those. But I've only been to one uh, winner take all game. And that was. Uh, against the Mets, that would have been what 2015 in the NLDS when they just ugh blew that game. Gosh, blew that opportunity with Zach Greinke and Clayton Kershaw at the one-two punch, and we lost. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, that was bad, man. That was really, really bad. It was a fun environment, I'll tell you that. Dodger Stadium, you know, for all the uh, shit that people like to talk about, how Dodger fans, you know arrive late, leave early, blah, blah, blah. That was one of the games where, you know, we were there from the beginning and people were loud. And I expect that to be the case, you know, at this point, you know, we want this so bad. And, you know, I could speak for myself and on behalf of all the Dodger fans that, you know, for some of them have never even uh, seen the Dodgers, you know, win anything in their lifetime. And that's sad because it's like, it's crazy that it's been so long, you know, 31 years since the Dodgers have won. The, like, I've slept with girls. My girlfriend is one of them <laughs> who has not been alive since the Dodgers won the World Series. Like, like, or hasn't the Dodgers haven't won a World Series, haven't won a World Series since they like, that's crazy. To, that's crazy. So, uh, you know, and like, you know, my little brother, you know, he was 
he was a child. He was like a couple months old when they won the World Series last. So he's never seen it. And, you know, we've come so close and we talk about it all the time. And I didn't want to have to be there tonight. Like, I, I, I'm obviously, I'm going to be there. I have to be there. But, like, I didn't want this to be the case. I, I thought that they would win it in four. I knew the Washington Nationals would be tough. But I didn't think they'd push a game five, man. I thought we'd, we'd break through. And, I mean, there's been a couple, you know, Strasburg completely dominated us. There's just nothing you can do. I mean, you can hope. You can play a little small ball, which I hope they fucking learn because there are some opportunities uh, against in, in game four. You know, I'm not going to be all, you know, super negative because ever like, you know, I, I know it's a running theme on this podcast, but I, I just can't even log into these. I mean, I don't even log in. Like, I just log in. I go on Facebook and my whole feed is all these different fan forums that I'm on, just nonstop complaining and hatred towards these players that it's like, dude, I want these guys to do well. I feel like there's people whose lives are so miserable that they just want to criticize these athletes because their lives are so miserable and it makes them feel better to like almost be right that this guy shouldn't be starting or this guy shouldn't be managing. And it's like, you know, trade this guy, fire Dave Roberts, fire Dave Roberts. And anytime, anytime I see, like, I already questioned, I've talked about it on this podcast. I question the knowledge of like 90% of uh, Dodger fans. I'm serious. Like, I get that the Dodgers have really good fans and, you know, we almost hit 4 million in attendance this year, which I think would have been a record. I think maybe one other team has done 4 million. I, I don't know. Um, and I don't feel like Googling it, but I don't think the Dodgers have ever hit 4 million. But anyway, um, like the fans pack the stadium and, you know, whatever. They're going to be super loud. But I just feel like I, I just don't know why you. OK, like, OK, like I said, baseball knowledge. You could be a fan and root, but like anybody that still thinks that Dave Roberts is the one making these decisions is silly. Like. His in-game management is very, very, very minimal. And also, the logic that someone should be fired because the Dodgers haven't won a World Series is the logic of saying, if you're not the best person in the world at your job, then you deserve to be fired. And that's insane to think that way. And it's, it's just, it shows how sad these people's lives are that they would go to such a drastic measure. Like, think about all the, like, whatever people do, you know, they they're, they work, I, I always say construction because I feel like so many people do that. And, I mean, more power to you, man. It's, it's, it's hard physical manual labor that I wouldn't want to fucking do. But, like, you know, a lot of those guys, yeah, maybe they make good money, you know, but they don't love their job, you know. How many people in this country, in this fan base for that matter, uh, love their jobs? Honestly, I love my job, but, you know, that's just me. But, you know, a lot of people don't love their jobs. And so they're so miserable, but it's like, okay, you don't love your job. Are you the best in the world at whatever it is your job is? You're Okay, so you, you sell real estate. Are you the best real estate salesperson in the world? Are you the best you know, sous chef in the world? Are you the best, whatever, you know, your job is, are you the best at it? Okay, so since you're not the best, then you deserve to be fired. Yeah, fire you because you're not the best. 
every year only one manager can can you know can be crowned world champion. So there's 29 other managers in Major League Baseball plus you know God knows how many you know hundreds of managers in the minor leagues that are you know part of the organization. So you know the best of the best is obviously MLB. So if you're the best in the world out of hundreds of managers. And you're gonna say that if you're not the, if you're not the best, that you deserve to be fired? Like, think of that logic. That's just so dumb, and it's so hypocritical because you would not want that for whatever your job is. See, I'm not the best comedian in the. I mean, I'm a very big fan of my comedy. <laughs> I have to be. Like, you know, I have to pitch myself. I have to have confidence when I'm submitting myself. When I'm getting on stage and giving my, like, I have to be confident. And, uh, but I don't think I'm the best. You know, I just don't. I think Chris Rock is fucking amazing. Dave Chappelle. So does that mean that I should be fired from being a comedian because I'm not one of those two guys? No. That's not how it works, man. But when they say that he should be fired, I'm like, you don't even know how the thing works, man. They sit down. They have these meetings. They, they crunch the numbers. So-and-so. Like, I'm really curious to see what the starting lineup looks like. In Game 5, considering the fact that I know that A.J. Pollock, I think, is now 0 for 12 <laughs> in the in the playoffs, which is awful. And uh, he's 0 for 12, and he's struck out like 10 times, and it's just like, oh my god. But, if you put it on paper and in the computer, I'm positive that uh, the numbers show... That AJ Pollock should be starting against Strasburg because he's batting 500, eight for 16. And if you know how the front office works and the analytics, they don't necessarily go with the hot guy. They don't. You know, they've kind of gone away from splits a little bit. It's not a straight platoon all the time anymore for some of these guys, which I love. Jock's pretty much the only one that gets split every single time there's a lefty, and even then he doesn't. It just depends what kind of lefty it is. Um, but with that being said, you know, they don't go with the guy that went three for three yesterday or four for four. They go with the guy that on the spreadsheet in the computer, in the system, however they do it, um, is statistically set up for success. And statistically, even though Pollock is in the worst slump ever, um, you know, his, his numbers show that he might be able to get to Strasburg. And we need every offensive opportunity against Strasburg. So this is what I was going to say. I don't want to get super critical, but, you know, Strasburg dominated the Dodgers in game two. Uh, the Dodgers have played great in the games that they've won. Great offense and such. But, uh, you know, Scherzer, if Jock, if Jock's uh, foul ball down the line, that was probably at the most six inches foul. If that ball lands... It's at least a two-run scoring single, if not a bases-clearing double. The Dodgers are down 6-4, and Jock's in scoring position, and that's probably Scherzer's last batter of the, of the game. Then the Nationals have to go to the bullpen, and it becomes a different situation. More pressure, you know. I don't care who you are, but no matter who comes into the game, it all depends on how many, you know, what the situation is. You know, Clayton Kershaw having to pitch in a tie game you know, one to one or zero one or one to nothing, his pitches are much more stressful 
than if the team has, you know, a four or five run lead. It just it's just the way it is. So, you know, you bring in a reliever now instead of, you know, Sean Doolittle or whoever comes in after Scherzer coming in and being able to have some, you know, some you know, not as high of a heart rate. You you're up by five runs, you have some wiggle room. You know, you can pitch more aggressively and it's just easier. It just it's just the facts, you guys. Okay? Um, but the ball doesn't land in there. And then Jock, I think he struck out, or you know, he ended up grounding out with the bases loaded to end the inning. But Chris Taylor, man, he struck out. All he had to do was put the ball in play. The odds of him getting doubled up are very slim, you know. Um, and he struck out on a hanging slider. Like if Chris Taylor makes contact there, that's another hit, and then this, this everything changes. It's one hit the Dodgers were away from, I think, tying that game. But there were some opportunities where the game was tied. You know, Corey Seager hit a leadoff double, and they didn't bunt him over. You know, leadoff double, no outs. Bunt the guy over. It's a tie game. This is Max Scherzer. This is one of, you know, arguably top five pitchers in the game. I know we do analytics, and I know we don't like stealing and bunting guys over, but you got to throw the book out sometimes, you know, against certain people. Like, it's not always on the computer, man. You can't play a game. You got to, there's got to be a little bit of feel involved. And that's where I know. Dave Roberts, I mean, I already know, okay, we already know that Dave Roberts doesn't make the decisions, but him as a player, Dave Roberts, the player, would for sure have bunted in that situation. We're talking about a guy who used to drag bunt all the time and who used to steal bases all the time, a manager who probably has the most famous stolen base in Major League Baseball history when he stole second base with two outs in the ninth inning against the Yankees, you know? I mean, the only th I think honestly, the only stolen base that's as famous, and I don't, and I don't think it is anymore because it, it's so far away. But when Jackie Robinson stole home in the World Series, there's an iconic picture and painting of it. Like it's great. It's like it's awesome. But point being, and then it happened again. Uh, I think Bellinger might have gotten a double, a leadoff double, and then Seager came up, and you know Seager's not hitting great. I actually picked Corey Seager to uh, be the World Series MVP. I just think that, you know, going into the postseason, he was really hot, and I thought he was going to continue with his stroke. He slumped a little bit, you know, but, you know, you have, you know, you have Bellinger at second. Seager's up there, no outs. I'm like, come on, just butt him over, dude. The infield shifted, you know, just get just get it down. It doesn't have to be a, a, a base hit. Just get it down. Move him over because if you do, then you got a guy on third. And Bellinger, you know, he's fast. He could still on on a, on a ball that just gets by the catcher a little bit. Like it doesn't have to be a straight pass. There's so many opportunities to score if you have a guy on third base with one out or less. There just is ground ball, fly ball, wild pitch, balk, like so many things. Okay, he doesn't, and he's down two two, I believe was the count. And in my mind, you know, Seager's up. I'm thinking Scherzer's going to give him that slider down in towards his back foot. Don't fucking swing, Corey. You should have already butted, and you didn't. Don't swing at the slider down by the back foot. And here I'm thinking, if I know this, because I, I just know tendencies, and I know that that's his, that's his, you know, when they do that, like, that red and blue, you know, cold and hot zone when they show the bat, like, that's his, that's his cold zone. Just lay off that pitch, dude. Lay off that pitch. It doesn't even start as a strike. Lay off that pitch, and he swings at it. Cody doesn't get moved over, and then we don't score. So twice they had a guy on second base, tie game. 
no outs, and they don't attempt to bunt him over. And that's when you have to throw nerd ball out the fucking door, man, out the window, whatever. Just don't always do nerd ball. It's not always about the matchups. It's not always about who statistically, quote-unquote, gives you the best chance to win. That's Dave Roberts's, you know, his his line anytime someone questions what he does because, like I, I've said before, he can't go up there in the media, in the press conference, and say, well, my fucking bosses are nerds, and they give me the lineup, and they ha- have to put together this lineup because this is the process. Like, that's my job. I get paid $5 million a year to take orders from these nerds and then answer to you guys and make it look like I made the decision so I'm the one that looks bad because I can't throw my boss under. I, I sort of got when Dave Roberts ever leaves the Dodgers or he, you know, he just signed an extension, but if he leaves or if for some reason they do fire him because he's the easy scapegoat because most of the population don't know that he takes the orders, um, I just want him to be like, hey man, check this out. That fucking job is a joke. I don't manage. All I do is pump up the guys. My, my job is to deliver the scattered reports, make sure everyone's on the same page. Everyone, I got to massage the egos, tell them why they're not starting, tell them this and that, and that they're going to come in in the sixth inning when this guy comes in, and just all those things. And this is also why, if you ever notice, you know, yeah, like the Dodgers have a lot of guys that are, that are you know, interchangeable parts, guys that can play multiple positions, which is kind of what you know, most successful teams now are leaning towards, you know, you have, you know, your maybe a, a, a couple guys that are like your key. I mean, even Cody, Cody, Cody Bellinger's are the Dodgers best player. He's played four positions. He's played all three. Or maybe he hasn't played left, but he's definitely played center, right. And first, you know, he's interchangeable. You got Turner who's played third. He's played a little bit of second, uh, a little bit of first, like, you know, he's played all over the place. Obviously, you know, the only guy, that's really only played one position is Seager. Everyone else has played multiple positions. Muncie included, Pollock, you know, everybody. Even Russell Martin. Look at how versatile he is. He's played he's played third, he's played first, he's played catcher, he's pitched. You know, he probably played outfield at some point this season. Who knows? I mean, I think I I don't think I, I have seen it, but it's possible. I didn't see every single inning of every game this season. I saw a lot of them though. Um but sometimes I just think you got to throw that nerd ball out the window just in the situation, man. You know, you can't script a baseball game. There's so many different nuances that happen. And that's when I can tell that he's not, Dave Roberts isn't the one making the decisions. So anyway, um, it, it'll be really curious to see. I'll be really curious to see what they do with the lineup today uh, based on analytics and whatnot. But this is what I want to say, Okay. If you're going to the game tonight, okay, today, or for that matter, yeah, if you're going to the game today, okay, you you stand up and you cheer every opportunity possible, not after they get a hit, not after they score runs, don't wait until that happens. Every time a batter gets two strikes when the Dodgers are on defense and Bueller's pitching or whoever ends up coming in after him, Clayton Kershaw, so I'm hearing, whoever comes in, whoever's pitching for the Dodgers, if they get two strikes on a batter, we all stand. Okay? We cheer. We give them the home field advantage. If we're on offense and we've got a guy in scoring position, okay, if we stand up, okay, we stand up and cheer before something happens. 
Give them that home field advantage. Don't wait until something happens. Don't be quiet. Wave your fucking rally towels. Scream your head off. This might be the last game this season, you guys. I don't want it to be. I want to go back to one more game this season. I want to be at the fucking World Series again. I've been spoiled the last two years, and I want to be spoiled again. Okay? This team was the best Dodger team I ever saw in the regular season ever. I mean, honestly, they're the best Dodger team I've seen. That 88 team that won the World Series was gar... I mean, not garbage, but... The MVP of the league that year, Kurt Gibson, hit 23 home runs, dude. That's pretty fucking serious. That's like a substitute player nowadays. He batted like 285 with 85 RBIs. If I want to, if if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so I just looked at it because I was just curious. So in 1988, Kurt Gibson was the National League MVP, 25 home runs, uh, 31 stolen bases, which is pretty good actually. Uh, with a 290 batting average, and uh, I can't find the RBIs here. Where are the RBIs at? Oh, there they are. Uh, 76 RBIs, dude. Are you serious? That was the MVP. That was the Dodgers World Series. But, you know, they put it together. You know, they, they, they got hot. They stayed hot. They had pitching. They had guys like Bulldog who, you know, were starting, coming out of the bullpen, just doing everything they could. To help their team win, they were playing small ball, but it was also a different game back then, too. You know, it was a different game back then. Um, but they beat, you know, I think, I want to say, like, that season, the Dodgers, uh, who ended up playing the Mets in the NLCS, had were, like, 1-10 against them that season, and they managed to win a seven-game series. That was a seven-game series. Uh, I just, I, I didn't go, but I was, like, nine or something. I remember that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they played the, the, the A's that had won like 103 games or something that season. They were like this juggernaut of steroid users with Conseco and McGuire and, you know, and they weren't favored in any of these. They, they, they didn't have a great team on paper, but they played as a team, you know. Like I said, different game now, but this Dodger team this season is the best I've seen. So deep, you know, so much talent. And for all the worry, worries about the bullpen, the bullpen's been great this, this postseason. You know, they didn't do so great uh, in the first, in the last game, game four. But, I mean, you know, you can't be perfect. You know, and there's a couple bad breaks that they got. But really, the blame for, for game four is just how the offense just didn't show up. So, um, you know, we got one of the best pitchers in the game on the mound for us, the Dodgers, for game five. And one of the best pitchers in the game on the mound for the Nationals today. So, you know, Steven Strasburg, and uh, I'm hearing some, some, some crazy talk, you know, about Kershaw, like I said, coming in and whatnot, but it's just like, there's just so much, I just, oh God, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you, it's, I'm just, I'm just really uh, excited, nervous, like so many things, you know, uh, I just want the Dodgers to win, man, like I said, I don't want this to be the last home game. You know, Strasburg for all of his uh, for all of his greatness. You know, he's pitched. This will be his third time pitching, like in the last ten days, I think, or saw something like that. So, or the last eight days, maybe something like that. Um, you know, he can't be perfect all the time. You know, but neither can Bueller. So we hope he is. But you know, it's going to be all. I, I imagine it's going to be all hands on deck today for the Dodgers pitching staff. But I don't know. Just something tells me Walker Bueller shows up again. 
Maybe he allows one run this time, but I think he's going to dominate the Nationals' offense. And I think the Dodgers are going to get to Strasburg. You know, they might not have an explosion, but I think they're going to. I think they're going to score a few runs today against Strasburg, and I think the crowd will then be even more loud and help them. You know, help them to this victory. Um, that's my challenge to you guys. If you're going to the game, or even if you're at home, man, just send positive vibes. You know, we need positivity. We don't need any more negativity here. Okay. Everyone cheers. We, no matter who is in the starting lineup, no matter who comes in to pinch hit, we root for those guys. You know, we, we root for their success. I think, like I was talking about, I think some fans just would rather be right and second guess everything and see them lose, so they can be like, "I see, I told you he should get fired. I told you he's like, no, dude, I want everyone to do great. Okay, I don't care who's in there." So, with that being said, uh, I hope this is not the last podcast of the season. Thank you to everybody that's listened to this show. And now, as you notice, uh, we're on different platforms now. We're on Anchor. Uh, this podcast is now also on Spotify. Uh, My Blue Thoughts on Spotify. And it's going to be on iTunes, like I told you guys, uh, very soon. But uh, maybe by the next podcast, we'll be on there. So thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening, guys. Go Dodgers. I guarantee you this will not be the last uh, game of the season. But if it is, it's been a great season. Uh, you know, I do believe that if they don't win the World Series, it's a failure, but it's been a fun ride nevertheless, a really fun season. And thank you guys for listening to this, man. This has been My Blue Thoughts. Go Dodgers! Game 5! Let's go! In New York City It's cold and it's damp And all the people dressed like This is the beginning of I Love LA. Let's leave Chicago no one really hears the song because when they play it, they play it from the music part. It's coming, I promise. Also, ho! Um, see, I told you. One more thing. Uh, thanks for listening. Like I said, you know, sharing and whatever platform you listen to. Um, but uh, if uh, if you're around, if you're in the Southern California area, um, next weekend I'll be at Pachanga Casino in Temecula, and I'll be there uh, October 17th through 20th. Uh, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be doing six shows, one show Thursday, one show Sunday, and two shows on both Friday and Saturday. So if you're in the area, you know, I got shows, and then we can watch the game at the sportsbook or whatever um, and just enjoy this playoff run because I, I, I know it's going to continue. So like I said, uh, thank you guys so much, and uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode, NLCS edition. Fingers crossed. Bye, guys.